0: Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 103 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm here with my good friend, our media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey,
1: Shannon. How's it going? It's going
0: good. There's a lot of numbers there at the beginning. Like 103, 167. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 103. Wait till episode (laughs) 168 of the 167 podcast.
0: (laughs) So my daughter, uh, who was on episode 100, um, recommended yesterday that we just end the whole thing at 167. I was like, what? (laughs) It's like, why do you say that? She's like, I don't know. Just because of the number. I thought it'd be cool. I was like, so you're saying it was horrible? She goes, no, I wasn't saying that. So.
1: I mean, I could see, like the poetic justice in it, sure. Yeah, but I don't, I don't plan on us stopping. Know.
0: We got more than sixty-four more episodes in us. Yeah,
1: we? we we haven't even scratched the surface. Of surface? What's a surface? Surface. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we just filmed announcement yeah. videos, so you're like yeah. really like hyper aware of. <laughs> yeah, my
1: my and my mouth is really dry <laughs> because like, blah, blah. when you need to talk <laughs> of correctly, course. yeah. Like this is a lot more. Like chill and more free-flowing, but where announcements are not.
0: (laughs) But we want them to look chill and free-flowing. Yeah, but they're not. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. So we, um, oh, yeah, I said it was a lot of numbers. Uh, It's going good for me. Um, We've had the time change. Yes. So I like this time change. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I like this time of year. Um, when it gets actually maybe a little bit cooler outside, I, I like being all, like, cozied up. Um, I don't really, I'm not super keen on it being just so dark so early. But, no. you know, it's whatever.
1: Well, when I say <clears> I like this time change, I mean, I say I like oh I hour. like gaining, like an, gaining hour of, an hour of sleep. As gotcha. opposed to losing an okay. hour of sleep. Okay,
0: understood, understood. Yeah, I definitely like it when it's, when the light is, it's, you know, the light's out, the sun's out, the light, the sun's up. Longer.
1: Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's all, like, to me, it feels like it's getting dark super early. Yes. Like, I feel like it's happening Recently. earlier than, yeah. like, normal.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't I don't like when it's dark at, like, 530. Because yeah. to me, when it's dark, it's time to be home. Yes. So, like, I don't do anything during this time right. change.
0: If you're, like, running errands and it's dark, you're like, what the heck?
1: Yes. What's going on? Yeah. And then you're waking up for school and it's still dark. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, this time of year, you're, it's like you leave home at dark and you get home <laughs> at dark and you're just like,
0: man, I only worked for four hours. Why is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like a Alaska or, a, you know, near the Arctic when it's like, mm-hmm. you know, light mm-hmm. for so many times, so long of the year, and then it's dark for so long yeah. of the year. So that's pretty and, interesting.
1: And I've got a question for our listeners because I don't have an answer for it. Okay. And I looked. I thought Georgia was not going to time change anymore.
0: Well, I remember that conversation, but I don't. So, uh, yeah, if
1: you yeah. are smarter than me and you can find this answer, well, there's a
0: lot of those. Oh, sorry, you were talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why ha- are we still time changing <laughs> if we voted to not do it?
0: Hmm, that's a very good point. That is going. Yeah.
1: I don't care so, which one we stick with, no. but I would like to just not have to worry about making making this random post on a Saturday. Don't forget to change your clocks. Even though no one changes clocks anymore.
0: Okay, so here's the deal: daylight savings, right? Which one is daylight savings? Like the summer time that we had, I like get, where it's lighter later. Where
1: it's daylight you're
0: saving daylight. I
1: assume that that's what that is. Okay, and this is like normal time.
0: Yeah. Well, they did approve the permanent daylight saving time bill, um, and I mean this is from something that went out september 22nd 2022 so um i don't understand uh that it shows that it still ends um i don't know
1: but that that's the part i don't understand i thought we were not going to time change anymore
0: okay hang on i just read something here we go let's see what it says this is so the georgia legislature passed a law allowing us to stay on daylight saving time um all year year round But it's waiting on Congress to give the okay to put an end to it um, on the whole thing. So it's called the Sunshine Protection Act. Um, But the House Consumer Protection and Commerce Subcommittee, it's now in their hands. And um, the subcommittee has had only one hearing on the matter. And so they're still working to reach a consensus on this act, and no conclusions um, yet. But discussions are ongoing. So basically, what I understand from this is that Georgia has said we're in as soon as you pass it.
1: Ah, uh, okay. so,
0: um, so they're like, yeah, if you pass this thing, we're 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 playing. We're in the yeah. game.
1: Could you imagine if we don't do daylight savings time, or we stay on one time mm-hmm. frame, and the rest of the Eastern Standard? And there's doesn't? states,
0: but it seems like there's some states that already. Don't do it.
1: There's, there's only like two. Yeah. And it's only
0: I, one's probably like Idaho, because or like Wyoming, because they seem to do. It's one their of those.
1: Thing. It's like one of those Midwest states, but the entire state doesn't do it. It's only a portion <laughs> of the state that does it.
0: Wow. I mean, it's confusing enough whenever you start to go into the Florida Panhandle and you're like, like around Mexico Beach, mm-hmm. and it's like, am I Eastern Time or Central Time? What time is it? Yeah. Nobody knows.
1: Yeah, it's like when um, there's this town and. Uh, Right over Columbus, half the town is in Georgia, and half of is it Phoenix? is Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix
0: City, yeah. Like,
1: could you imagine, like, you have a job nope. in the Central Time Zone, but mm-hmm. you live in the Eastern Time yeah. Zone? Like, that would be, I would be late, either yeah. late to work or early to work. Most all the time. people
0: I know that have, live in that kind of situation, um, they say they just set they they live by one clock, and so they they make the adjustment. Like if if it's Central Time, they got to be at work at eight a.m., then uh-huh. they know okay, then I need to be there at 7 a.m. Yeah, or whatever, however that works. So, <laughs> anyway, anyway, wow. Um, so we started a new series this week yep, uh, at, at the, the table, table, shared communion together, which I always love. Um, and you, talking about announcements, we um, shared the announcement about Christmas Impact is mm-hmm. coming, mm-hmm. which is one of our favorite, favorite things to do. Um, it was definitely something that we we started when we were downtown. We brought that, you know, tradition with us. Um of I'm not part- sure I understand. Who is that? Who are we talk who's that talking?
1: My series just I like how cute. your Siri
0: never understands me because that happens a lot. Um, but no, so we <laughs> partner with Lowndes County Schools and um, and they identify some kids for us to help as the church and to come alongside them and, and help their Christmas be a little bit brighter. And so um, that's coming up this Sunday. Our Our ministry partners have an opportunity to... Purchase that backpack, which, which we've talked about. Yes. That helps the Mailbox Club ministry. And then you can go and fill that backpack up and then return it on December, whatever it 11th. is. 11th. That we tell you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it's going to be good. And let me... I didn't say this last week. Or if I did, I don't remember. But you might be someone who's like, I'm buying three backpacks. I'm going to j- just pack them full. You might be like, I can... I want to do one, but I don't know if I can... You can partner with someone. You can mm-hmm. you can get with a couple of people um, and, and make this happen. So please don't let, um, you know, even if three of you said, we will do one backpack because we can afford that. Because you don't have to put in expensive items. No, um, But we're all on budgets and things like that. Yeah. So I, I love it when I see, like, some of our college students or young adults kind of get together
1: mm-hmm.
0: and do that. So
1: when uh, we were in the younger – community groups and we did and none of us had a lot of money Mm -hmm. our community group would get like two backpacks and we would do them as community groups yep
0: yep so that's a good way to do that Mm -hmm. so so christmas impact starts this week and we're doing it a little we're starting a little bit earlier this year because we just want to avoid the the two Sundays surrounding the Thanksgiving holiday week. Yes. Um, because I know a lot of us travel. We're going out of town or we're coming back from town. And so we wanted to have these go out before the Thanksgiving um, Sundays and then an, an additional Sunday to remind everybody. Yes. <laughs> and, and then return them. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. that,
1: and that way we have plenty of time yeah. to get everything squared away mm-hmm. before because well, we get the kids get these backpacks before they get out of school for the Christmas break.
0: Uh They do. They do. So that's the, that's the goal is to get them back. And then we coordinate with uh, Lowndes County um, educators and we get those going out. And and
1: it's usually a hundred plus kids.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Probably, um, probably 75 to 80 families that Mm -hmm. are impacted by this a hundred plus kids. Um, so talking about change, so we had the time change and we yep. had a new series and mm-hmm. all this, we had something, which I don't know if it's even worth mentioning, but I'm going to mention it anyway, is, uh, we're doing something a little different with the offering and we're receiving it a different time of the service now, which yes. I mean, it shouldn't be like. We say we're not—we're always like, oh, we're willing to do whatever. But we have—we definitely have a format, a formula. And mm-hmm. we've just kind of changed the formula a little bit. Mm-hmm. So—but uh, we wanted the offering to be a little more intentional. Yes. Uh, recognizable. Um, and so we're doing it right after the announcement videos. And, and the ushers are passing baskets so that people can return their gifts and offerings. And, and I hope that goes well. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I just wanted to mention that.
1: But. Well, I— to me, I think the cool thing is is how it came about. Yeah, you know, in the in, I think we mentioned last week that we had a think tank meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yep, sure did. And uh, that was one of the things that came out of it was, hey, we want to be super intentional mm-hmm. about the time of gifts and offerings, mm-hmm. and also super intentional about the worship that comes after the message. Yes. So can we? F- can we find a new place to move the offering mm-hmm. where it can st- where it can stand alone, and then that worship is allowed to stand alone too? Mm-hmm. And here we go. We're gonna, here we go. We're giving it a shot.
0: Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to that. Um, one more thing that I kind of I think will be really fun is um in uh, what's the date again? I can't remember. I don't have. I should have this in my notes, but um I think it's December the first Sunday in December, maybe.
1: December 4th.
0: December 4th. We're going to do something. Yes, we are. Food Truck Sunday. Food Truck Sunday. Right after the service. Mm-hmm. So we're still kind of finalizing um, how that's going to play out. But I do know one thing is that uh, the, our men's group or our grill team, um, we are they're going to be doing street corn. Yeah. So, But we're going to have food trucks as well, but they're going to be doing street corn for free. Mm-hmm. and then maybe we'll take donations if people want to, but then we'll have a few food trucks here that people can just purchase, purchase food. Yeah. So, so plan on that. December 4th, stick around right after the service, so around 1140, 1145, and um, hopefully weather permitting, and we will have food truck Sunday. So yeah, it would be really – I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's – it's Just gonna, to hang out. Stuff. Yeah, porch hangout. hmm Yep.
1: Hanging out at the porch.
0: Hanging, hanging on the porch. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So um, with all this other stuff um, – um let's yeah, I'm hearing nothing <coughs> so with all this change and stuff um I asked a few people who I know are pretty regular listeners, and by the way, I always appreciate y'all's feedback. I know Josh hears it some mm-hmm. I do too in the last last week I've gotten really good responses from people about the consumer Christianity, the episode 102. Um, and just hearing people's thoughts they are like, yes, yes. So I was, I was very encouraged by that. Um, but so I asked some, some folks, I was like, Hey, do you have, if you have any suggestions, we always, we say we want suggestions. We do. Yeah. Sometimes we need to go ahead and repeat the ask for it. But I got a really good suggestion from, uh, Justin Haskin. Uh, one of our definite, like, I mean, if if Kara's listened to all of them, I bet you Justin's right there, real close with it. So, but he yeah, had this, I think so. He had this great, um, kind of, as he said, nerding out kind of suggestion, which I love. But is to look at maybe some archaeological or historical type background on some of the topics we're doing. And so I was like, this is one of the perfect episodes to do that with our topic today, because we're in the at the table series. We've just had communion. And I thought it'd be cool to look at, um, what goes into what went into the last supper. So the last supper. And so I want us to, to do that today. So thank you, Justin, for your suggestion. Uh, we will definitely use it in other episodes too, but for the rest of you, if you have suggestions, shoot me a text or Josh, let us know. And, um, we would love to implement those or see how we can make those happen. Um, Okay, so when you think of The Last Supper, Josh, what comes, how do you envision it? What does it look like?
1: That Da Vinci painting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know it's in the notes, but I mean, like, that's really, no. It's, that's it.
0: Even if you don't know it was Leonardo Da Vinci that mm-hmm. that painted that. that, that was the artist of the one who did the famous Last Supper scene. It's very iconic. Um, it is what is known, and, and I mean, it's been reproduced and produced a hundred thousand times. No, more than that, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then there's been specials that's been used in movies for source material and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: So here's the deal, just to go ahead and break everyone's um, brain on this, okay, on The Last Supper. According to archaeological and historical data, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I did not know this. Okay. Did you know this, what I'm about to say?
1: I haven't read it yet, so.
0: Okay, the meal that we know as The Last Supper was not eaten at a formal seated gathering at a long rectangular table. It wasn't. Some might go, was it an oval table? No. Were they sitting in chairs? Actually, they were not. They were not. Um, so all of our understanding of how we have seen the Last Supper portrayed was is not how they were doing this, right? So, um, which actually... I, I Jesus and his apostles, what they would have done? Are you ready? They were. They would sit on floor cushions, or at the best, we might view them as kind of um,
1: like beanbag chairs, almost.
0: Be, well, that or um, like uh, pool chairs, like you know when you lay out in at the mm-hmm. pool, mm-hmm. almost something like that. Yeah, I mean, but not as you know elaborate or whatnot. But they would have cushions on them, and be, this is how uh, people gathered around a quote. Table at the time. So two different, uh, well, there's many. And I, after I read this one particular um, uh, comments from a book called Jerusalem, The Last Supper, uh, which was done by two Italian archaeologists. Um, I'm not even going to try to do their names. Um, but they specialize in the history of early Christianity, which I appreciate because if it's just a random-o archaeologist that doesn't care, I mean, but they're, they're yeah, believers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... One of them is also an Egyptologist, which is cool because they're just studying Egypt. And so they, they put together this book, Jerusalem, The Last Supper. They published it in 2016, so it's fairly recent. But they took, um, here's what they used as their source. Scripture, Jewish writings, ancient Roman works, and archaeological data, and they looked at the eating habits In Jerusalem at the beginning of the first century AD. So they have a lot of source material Mm -hmm. that they use to get to this. Now, so it's um, not like
1: they found the room with a bunch of cushions. Correct. Okay.
0: Correct. Right. Right. This was, yeah. So this is based on what we've read in scripture Mm -hmm. and what we understand of the the people of that time. Yeah. Okay. So though the Last Supper is commemorated as this table type setting, uh, as far as, like, chairs and tables. Yes, yes, yes. Um,
1: there's no historical evidence right, to support that. Right, right. Yeah. So
0: we know... Now, there's evidence to... There's no reason to doubt that the supper occurred. It's just about the actual table
1: right, that we're talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so with... So Da Vinci sets up this scene that he's painted. It is definitely a masterpiece. It's one of the most pa- famous paintings. Um, it, It's not historically accurate um and so i before we get into a little more of the detail on on why um we know it's not the table some might say well why did he paint it as the table and i think that's a good question to ask um but he had seen centuries of of certain ways that uh, you know th- his understanding of table was table and chair
1: it was just as it was just an artist interpretation correct like, i mean yeah it spells Da Vinci in the way that people are oriented in the picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you oh, look at the way that people are lined up, you, his name is in it. You're kidding me. No.
0: I did not know that. Yeah. Oh.
1: Um, when the first uh, Da Vinci Code came out, yep, there was a Dateline about like the works of Da Vinci and all mm-hmm. the like hidden things that he didn't. Cracking
0: and, the Da Vinci Code.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that might even have been like the name I think of the it was. Dateline special. I think it was. But like, that's one of the things is like his name is hidden hidden in the Last Supper piece.
0: Is it is that one of those things that like someone made that work, or is that was really his?
1: I don't point? know. He was dead when they decided to investigate. <laughs> so they it.
0: didn't they didn't interview him or they either. didn't
1: interview him or anything. they didn't get a quote. But they found it. So yeah. whether so, it was intentional or not, it's there. So he had no comment. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, sorry. Anyway, so, but really, that, you know, it was his, like you said, artist interpretation. Um, there was a lot of symbolic meaning and Catholicism, which he was a part of. So it really, his rendering, it muddies the historical reconstruction just because that is the, basically the only thing we've ever thought of when we thought of the Last Supper. But with the historical data and the clues of other artwork, um, and then you get into, like, 3rd century A.D. You look in uh, paintings that were in catacombs. The researchers who wrote um, Jerusalem, the the Last Supper, they were able to reconstruct— not a, I'll, We'll even get into menu in a minute, which I think okay. is cool. Um, but they were able to reconstruct food and the eating habits of Palestine in that time frame, in Wait. that time of Christ. That's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. So— the picture that should emerge with this information, it's different from that, the Last Supper of Da Vinci. So the dinner, which again, no one's questioning that the dinner happened or even where it happened or who was in attendance. It's just about the table we're talking about. But the dinner um, happens in an upper room, right? Of a house in Jerusalem. So again, that was not strange. That was not odd for it to be in an upper room, but there was no seating in a, a in a raised seat at a table. So at that time in Palestine food was placed on low tables. In my mind I kind of picture um what we know of like Japanese culture mm-hmm. and how they would s- they sit on the ground on cushions or lower to the ground with with a surface still mm-hmm. um some kind of a surface. I think if people were not able or maybe uh, poor or traveling or something like that they might use like a leather mat that they would put out but primarily people used a table surface of some kind whether it was stone or wood or whatever but it was low to the ground
1: yeah and uh, yeah you're right Japanese is probably the most prevalent one that that we would know about right, culturally right
0: Right. So there were these low tables, and what guests would do is they would eat in, and I'm going to say a word that's now you're going to go, oh, but they would eat in what is called reclining position on a couch or a floor cushion, cushion or carpet, so, which makes John's statement, a recollection in John chapter 13, it, um, when he talks about how he reclined or reclined onto Jesus. Oh, um, and the same word reclining appears in Matthew 26, 20 and Mark 14, 17 and Luke twenty two fourteen. 14. All of them depicting the last supper and talking about reclining at the table. So, and I saw some pictures, which I cannot recreate for you guys, mm-hmm. but um, basically you would almost, um, people would kind of put lean on their left side, their legs would be away from the table so you would be leaning on your left side with the table to, in front of you so that your right hand was free to grab the food. Because it wasn't on plates. This was a communal eating. Yeah, yeah, So you would lean on your left shoulder or lean. I'm trying to show this to Josh in the studio, which, you know. Um, but you would support yourself with your left arm and use your right arm to eat. So you were kind of leaned over, which you get the reclining word that comes up there in the scriptures. And and then you couple that with the, this is how people ate they they didn't go and pull up to a chair like we're sitting here at this mm-hmm. table they would they were reclining and eating and it was so chill it's so that's different. interesting it's very different um, which actually side note it makes some of the uh, recorded moments like Jesus washing the disciples feet it changes how we view that
1: mm-hmm. because
0: they were not sitting in a chair. And he, they, Jesus would have gotten up, and their feet would have already been extended out, and they yeah. wouldn't have had their shoes on because you didn't wear shoes inside. Right. And so their feet would have been exposed to wash them.
1: hmm
0: Or when, uh, when Jesus is anointed with oil, with the perfumes,
1: mm.
0: he, he would have already been—he was reclined at the table when this occurred. Yeah. And so it just makes those moments different. I know I'm—thank you, Justin Haskin, for— Encouraging it, us to do this because I'm like, what?
1: It gives you a completely different like thought process of yes. of the situation.
0: Yeah, I don't think they teach this at cotillion. Nah. On, uh, for how to sit at a table.
1: Nah,
0: <laughs> everybody eat like Jesus did. Okay, lay down on the floor and prop yourself up and grab yeah, some, some food from grab the Grab a chicken leg. Yeah, right, right. So, um, so there was this. Um, okay, let me give you the a little Roman background. The Ro- and they, they were living in the times of, of the Roman influence, by yeah, the way, yeah. in case you didn't know. And so a Roman dining room was called, there was a name for it, they called it a triclinium. Triclinium, because it contained three couch-type um, settings. Again, we think couch, we think sitting upright. This was a much more lower-to-the-ground, cushion-type um, piece of, not even a piece of furniture, if you will, but... But it called that way. So, and there would be three of them. There'd be one, and then a table in front of it, and then on the sides. So, like, take a like if you made a, a square with four tables. Yeah. Remove one of the tables, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of that you know U shape or but square. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it'd be table table table. All right, that makes no sense for, <laughs> for y'all. But so try three. Yeah, yeah, three three so, yeah, and the table would be a low block. Um, with these cushion-type couches around them on three sides, and the the fourth side would be where the pe- people serving would have access to come in and serve. Yeah. So they could walk in and walk, walk in out, and walk out, and not be stepping over people or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so the host would sit at the middle table. Um, so mm-hmm. with the the one with the or at the excuse me at the middle couch or cushions. Yeah. With the table in front of them, and then mm. the two side ones would be, we'll be on the either guess. side. So, a normal Roman triclinium uh, would seat nine people. That would be kind of the standard. So you got three couch-type things low to the ground. So three on each couch-type thing. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know why I keep saying that. I'm just going to say couch, but I'd really want everyone to not have the image of what we think as a couch.
1: Well, see what I'm picturing is like those '70s, like sunken (laughs) living room.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some shag carpet. Yeah. Yeah, lava lamps. That's
1: what I'm picturing, but just like Roman... Yeah, mustard
0: yellow, avocado green, yeah, those kind of colors, yeah. So um, now we know for the Last Supper there were 13 people present, right, the 12 disciples and Mm -hmm. Jesus, and so either they used larger couches or they just laid additional cushions on the floor.
1: Everybody was a little tighter together. Or
0: they were closely squashed together, right, because they were really good friends and they traveled together, Tom, so it might not be weird
1: and you know i wonder like you know jesus is in the main part of his ministry i wonder like the funds you know that he had available to get a room would it be like it was it was a big room where they'd have room to like spread out or was it a smaller mm-hmm. room and they needed to be tighter together because that's what they could afford you mm-hmm.
0: know yeah and i don't know um we don't really know the 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 or i haven't read anything on um, who owned that upper room, yeah, and and what their you know status was, and so what what did they have to offer? I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. It's,
1: it's just a it's just a weird thought I've had mm-hmm. sometimes.
0: So can I just have you ever heard this that, or have you always pictured a table and chairs like I have?
1: No, I just kind of I assumed it was kind of not table and like because yeah. if you look at Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, mm-hmm. it looks like it was in Rome.
0: Yeah, it really you know? does. It doesn't look Very like it's Very ornate, in, kind it, of, yeah.
1: It doesn't look like it's in Jerusalem.
0: Yeah, definitely influenced that way.
1: So I just kind of, like, I've always kind of assumed, like, a dark room, like, mm-hmm. a smaller room. Poorly other, lit. Poorly lit. I don't know if I've assumed they were, I always assumed they were sitting on the floor. I just never expected lounged, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, reclined, like you mm-hmm. explained it, mm-hmm. you know? But I've I've kind of always figured, like, sitting on the floor.
0: yeah. Yeah. See and I I guess I've just never really stopped and put any thought into it. So I've just taken the the but Da Vinci I, yeah. version and just been like, Yep, that's what they did.
1: But I always assumed washing the feet the people were in chairs. Oh yeah. Like yeah. dinner, that makes sense on the floor. Mm-hmm. But wash the feet, they were in chairs. I don't know mm-hmm.
0: why. Yeah. I'm not sure either. Um, so with but, the yeah.
1: Like I said last week, Jesus did invent the normal The standard table and chairs from the Passion of the Christ. So,
0: well, right, and that's that was kind of the thing. Is oh, he he. No, 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 no. (laughs) So now I think most of us know this, but the position of where the guests. So if Jesus was, even though they were using the room, Jesus was considered the host. um, The position of where the guests would sit around this table, this low table, was uh, it followed a very precise rule. So the most important to the host um, were well would be on the right and the left and um and so we we know from verses from the gospels of john indicate that that judas was very close to where jesus was sitting because they had a conversation that no one else heard mm-hmm. so he was had to be on one side of him um probably his immediate left and so we know there's this again like understanding this makes a little more sense but we, we're told from the scripture that G, that Judas dipped bread into Jesus's dish, which is a very, it's a common practice that they did. Sharing food from a common bowl, that was very, um, just it happened. So now, But you wouldn't
1: do that if you were not, like if you were on the other couch, you wouldn't right, do that.
0: Right, exactly, right. Um, and so we have, um, well, we're going to get into a little bit of the menu here in a second. But then we know that John was seated next to him because John's always making a point of yeah, and I was sitting next to him, you know the one Mm -hmm. that the one that Jesus loved, you know, which I just love that. So, um, so yeah, I'm just my mind is kind of like what that's that wasn't the it wasn't the table I thought it was, but
1: which is it John that they that they in Da Vinci's painting that it's debate whether. He's a woman or He's not? He's a woman or not? I mean, it lo- the pa-
0: the painting it looks very womanly.
1: It's all from this Dateline thing. I know.
0: Well, <laughs> that I saw it when I was a kid. <laughs> this is this is Josh's source material. I've got archaeologists and Egyptologists who wrote a book. I got Josh Stone Phillips from Dateline. Josh is with Stone Phillips and Dateline from uh, 2003. I mean, 2000. That's,
1: the... <laughs> that's actually the only movie I've ever snuck into is Da Vinci Code.
0: I remember you saying that on one of these episodes before.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, <laughs> but, yeah, there was, like, there's debate on whether it's. <laughs>
0: Stone Phillips, that's killing me. <laughs> whether it's
1: John or Mary Magdalene.
0: Yeah, I know. I but mean, it's yes. John. The
1: Bible says it's John.
0: Yeah. I so. think Da Vinci was just, you know, I, throwing a throwing a wrench in there for yeah. everybody. But again, scripture accurate. Da Vinci's work not just some an artist's rendering of something. Yeah. So So let's talk about food for a minute. Okay. So the food present at the Last Supper, um, now this is according to the book, Jerusalem, The Last Supper, um, was th- they kind of came around to this, um, determination by reconstructing two other important meals that are mentioned in the New Testament. There's the wedding at Cana, right? Which records the water to wine incident. We know that, that wedding. And then there's Herod's banquet, which is famous for the beheading of John the Baptist. Um, and so, um, that was a helpful part of the historical reconstruction of of what was going on. So apart from the bread and wine, which we know was at the Last Supper because of the words Jesus says, there was um, this is what these these really smart people have come up with.
1: I'll tell you there what was, Stone Phillips thought in a minute. Okay,
0: there was, most, there was a fish type sauce, which by the way, I've taken out all the, the names because I, I couldn't say They're them. weird. A fish sauce, like tartar sauce. No, no, it was like a sauce with fish in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that that was likely present or it was likely present at the wedding of Cana and Herod's banquet. So it was most likely also present at the last supper. Like it was just a common thing, like ketchup c- chips and salsa. Yeah. Like you're, if you're going to have chips, there's going to be salsa there, you know, and mm-hmm. ketchup, right now, because the last supper was a Passover dinner, uh, which, you know, quick reminder there, that was the Passover was to commemorate the Exodus from Egypt, the the people of Israel from Egypt, from slavery, And uh, that meal included lamb. So most likely the Last Supper had lamb as well. Uh, The scriptures also provide another clue. There was, uh, so there is the unleavened bread and the wine, right? We know that. Jesus broke bread. We know that from scripture. He blessed the wine. He told them that the bread was his body and the wine was his blood. And so that gives us the basis for our communion as we know it. But according to archaeologists, the other food on the table would have been a stewed dish of beans cooked very low and slow. So refried beans. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, olives with hyssop. Bitter herbs with pistachios. So there you go. And this chunky fruit and nut paste that was put together. Uh, like dates were mm. the chunky fruit. Yeah. So, and so, all in all, the the menu last supper, supper is believed to have been like this: bean type stew, lamb, olives, bitter herbs, a fish sauce, unleavened bread, dates, and wine. Were were this was what was on the the menu for that. And this is all based on research into Palestinian cuisine during Jesus's time. So, what now what did Stone Phillips have? Oh, to say? he didn't have any. Oh, I was waiting. I was waiting for something really good. So, but, um,
1: well. Like, so when we were downtown, um, Diane, while oh, yeah. Diane was still there, they would bring in and I don't know the right term, but a Jew that was now a Christian. I can't I can't remember the actual term of that.
0: Uh, a messianic Jew. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: To do a seder meal, and I guess that is kind of what the assumed Last Supper was.
0: Well, it was a Passover meal, but it's di- which is a little bit different from. Well, no, the Passover Seder, um, and it had these symbolic foods on it. So, um,
1: so maybe a little different than what would be at the Last Supper.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a good. I think, I think I was confusing Passover and Seder, but there it's the Passover Seder meal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: And I just remember like Diane having this really large horseradish root.
0: <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I do remember that. Yes. i do recall that now as you speak of that so um so uh, my mind is a little little um like what i can't believe that the table was not the table that i've always thought of who who would have thought that who would have thought that here we are in 2022 united states that we would have maybe a different understanding of what really happened right well yeah (laughs) i mean
1: you have you have Thousands of years of interpretations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to to me, the the part of it that I didn't assume there would be more of, I assumed it was just bread and wine.
0: Yeah, right. Like yeah. to
1: me, the mm-hmm. fact that it was an actual meal.
0: I knew it was a meal, but I never stopped and thought about what what was there. Like no. I like mm-hmm.
1: I assumed it was like called a symbolic meal or something, and there wasn't actually there like was a just meal. the bread and the wine. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I knew, I knew that for some reason, but um, I think, you know, again, kind of like an, an, something you've heard me say quite often when we've had communion is Jesus took the common bread that was always present at mm-hmm. the table or was, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of bread and the wine, which was always present. that Those were kind of the staples. Yeah. Um, kind of like when we go to a restaurant and you get the bread service, mm-hmm. you know, or something that's kind of a common, goes along with whatever. Yes. Whatever's being served. So I, don't know, I thought that was really, really interesting. And just kind of a little insight into, um, as we're in this at the table series, something about the table. And, yeah. Uh, Justin, I thank you for that suggestion, Justin Haskin, for uh, encouraging me to kind of take that little dive into into understanding that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So and then sharing it with all of you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this. Yes. Because we are doing a three week series called At the Table. Mm-hmm. Why is the table so important?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I shared a little bit about that on Sunday, but the table is whether it's a low table or a high table, or you've got chairs or you're sitting on cushions or you're reclining like chill, like seventies shag carpet doesn't matter. But the, the gathering around of people to share food is something that is seen through the old Testament and the new Testament. There are these big meals like the Passover meal or the communion meal or the last supper, um, that we all understand and have seen, and you just see time and time again that it's at the table. I mean, there's times when Elisha and Elijah they they uh, there's recorded um, miracles regarding the meal or the table, the shared table. Um, God spoke to Abraham as he was at a table and mm-hmm. told him he would be the father of you know many. Um, there's just all these moments where where this happens, and so there's there's one thing it's I think it's um, this commonality, this common thread throughout all of Scripture with the table. But it's also a place where, you know we talked about being consumers in episode 102. Mm-hmm. Um, we consume food. Uh, yeah. It is our life. Uh, if we don't eat, we don't live. Um, and so I think there's a some beautiful imagery in there about the necessity of us to take in food. Mm-hmm. but also the relational, the communal aspect of us gathering together at the table. Mm. So, yes, we're doing this at the table around the time of Thanksgiving, of course, but um, we will spend these three weeks looking at the importance of the table that we have seen through the scriptures. Yeah. Um, so last week we or Sunday, we talked about the invitation to the table. Um, this coming Sunday, we're talking about the blessing of the mm-hmm. table. The blessing. I was wondering if you were going to do it. And then on the third week, uh, we're going to talk about the celebration. Yes. You know, which is often you know like a wow that was a great meal or you know, mm-hmm. so um, it's it's seen all throughout scripture. So I I kind of challenge everyone uh, during this time to look through scripture. Like uh, if you've got uh, a Bible with like a, a, a index to it, is look up the word table and see how many times it shows up throughout scripture and read those verses. I'd be really interested to hear, and of course you can interchange the word table with altar sometimes, or mm-hmm. um, or meal, you know, because there was a gathering of people to eat. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's
1: yeah. It. Well, and and you think about it, like the table is almost like the most communal place in a home. Where,
0: y- yes, and in in Western or American culture, it's the living room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Which you know, who knew? But me and Drew and Mallory, we eat a lot like the first century church because we lounge, lounge. And, and eat. Um, but it's also the living room and there's mm-hmm. a TV. Um, but I know even just from and for any of you who have traveled to other countries and other places, my time that I spent in Romania, um, the the dining area was not necessarily a large table. It might be like a um, it'd be a table with some chairs but mm-hmm. it was possible to like like a buffet style table where yeah. you could pull up and it was it was made in such a way where it was the centerpiece of the home mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um saw that all the time and it is it is the center of it because that's where we come to gather mm-hmm. so it's just really good yep. it's just really good um <clears throat> anyway so yeah that's that's kind of what we have today on that so yeah blow your mind on what a table looked like at the last supper
1: And it's not what we thought.
0: (laughs) It's not what we thought. So, yeah, um, Josh, thanks for what you do. Everybody, thanks for listening.
1: Yep. And we'll see you Sunday.
0: See you, bye. Bye.
1: You've been listening to The
0: 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire,
1: challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.